Hello, welcome to Don't Call Me Exotic. I'm O'Anio. I'm a DJ, radio presenter, and promoter. This is the podcast where I invite people in the creative field to come talk to me about diversity, culture, personal experiences of racism, both in life and in their careers. I'd like to welcome my next guest, DJ, director, curator, and artist, Alma Spadat. Hey, welcome, welcome. On? <laughs> so when I was thinking about guests for this podcast, mm. I was like, I have to have you. Because when I, because this podcast is about creatives. And when I think of someone in the creative industry, I'm like, Almas. <laughs> what That's can't, cool. What can't you do, really? You do it all. I can't do tech stuff, <laughs> which is what we've been, we've, we we've were been just talking. talking about. Yeah, like I can do all of the creative stuff, but put like buttons and knobs and I don't even know what time codes and stuff. And I'm just like, oh my God, which does not always, all, like, always fare well yeah. because... I've been a one woman band for such a long time. So I've been like teaching myself like Photoshop and audition and everything under the sun to try and get by. But yes, I am a director, I'm a DJ, I'm a multidisciplinary artist. And I love just doing lots of different things. The medium is not important. It's the <laughs> it's message. The message. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I feel you. I totally get you. But it's totally inspiring because I think I'm. I would like to think that I'm kind of the same in terms mm. of like podcasting you've just started a podcast mm-hmm. um you got an amazing residency with BBC Asian Network at the end of last year mm-hmm. um what have I missed anything out just like life you know yeah. like great life like I do lots of stuff where I'm outputting and then I do lots of stuff when I'm inputting as well and so I like to like do pottery and like painting and like all of that stuff too yeah. so yeah but in terms of creative stuff at the moment mainly it's been definitely audio and like music yeah, yeah. so I kind of wanted to start off with you know where you're from mm-hmm. <laughs> um your background yeah, where you and from, like from? Yeah, where you from <laughs> um and like how you got into the creative fields yeah well i um grew up in between london and lusaka mm-hmm. so um lusaka is in zambia and zambia is a landlocked country in the in central africa well, so it means that it doesn't touch the coast okay um and so I grew up in between the two because my parents are Indian. Um, although my uh, my granddad from my mum's side um, first moved from India to Pakistan and then from Pakistan into the UK. And by the UK, I mean Bolton. And then- <laughs> I've been to Bolton. At, why? <laughs> my ex's grandmother. It's from there. It's from there. Oh my gosh. I mean, I love Bolton. Nothing against the Bolton Massive, but yeah. like I go there because my family's there. So yeah. when people are like, I'm going there, I'm like, what? It's close to Manchester. Uh, it's really, and that's why. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly that's why. Because yeah. people are like, going to go to Old Trafford and yeah. then I'm going to like, just pop over to, 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 to Bolton on the way back. <laughs> yeah. But, so my mum, my mum was actually born in Bolton and then um, my granddad moved to Hackney mm-hmm. and that's where my mum grew up. So she okay. grew up in Hackney. And then my dad's side, um, also Indian, from the same um, village in India called Gujarat, mm-hmm. uh, or Surat in Gujarat, and um, then moved to Zambia. And right. that's where they settled. So they migrated to Central Africa and then settled. Okay. So there's massive like communities in both, in London and in Lusaka, of Indian people. Yeah. Um, and so I grew up between the two, uh, mainly in Lusaka, growing up until 10. And then when my parents separated, we then settled in Hackney. Oh. Uh, so just been in like London ever since. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Where'd you grow up? 
I was born in South Korea in yeah. Seoul, and then we moved to Toronto when I was six, and then yeah and then i listened to the spice girls and harry potter came out and i was like well, i'm gonna move to london <laughs> it really is as simple as that it's to be honest that simple and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a royalist or anything but i remember doing a project on queen elizabeth ii when i Did was like you? 10. oh my gosh yeah so i was I love obsessed it. clearly yeah well hear me now can't get rid of me yeah um but yeah so your family are kind of dispersed a little bit mm. um how did they find you going into the creative fields with the background that you have yeah so my mom has always been creative she's an educator and so she she was my first teacher actually she she started um a nursery school in zambia and um the clientele were mainly people that were worked in like business or politics um and so she was a qualified nursery nurse from england going over there and she was always super creative we'd always make stuff I remember just whether it was like I don't know we'd use like paper mache like on balloons and like pop the balloons after and make a mask make a mask exactly yeah literally everything like that under the sun that was my mum and then my dad was like really like business and is really business savvy yeah um and then coming so being in Zambia we we pretty much like had quite a open like creative life in terms of arts and crafts and things Mm -hmm. like that um and then coming back to london my mum was um my my mum my mum and i and my brothers moved in with my grandma and so we had like the expectations of the wider family yeah and that's where we were in a much more i'd say conservative muslim household right and i didn't actually have access to radio and telly like that like we watched maybe the one cartoon like before the news when we came home from school really? but like that was it and i remember oh my gosh being in year seven and my friend talking to me about p diddy and i was like yasmin like who's p diddy <laughs> and she just looks oh. at me she was just like you don't know who p diddy is oh. and so those are like the memories that i have like being like growing up and like trying to grasp culture because i'd moved I right a landmark for culture p diddy p diddy and like, i didn't know who 50 cent was because oh, this was like when yeah. get rich or die trying yeah, yeah, came out yeah. like um Classic outcast album. um justin timberlake yeah I'm trying to think like who else that like, was around that time, but I missed the TLC Destiny's right. Child, like B2K, maybe like the end of it. Right. But I I heard that stuff much later on and also through my older cousins, not because yeah. I was directly, right. I wasn't even allowed to watch TV. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't wow. like, we, it's just that TV was never a central part of my yeah. life and it still isn't. So if you ask me about what something, I probably haven't. And so I, I ended up when I was much older and 18, 19, 20, starting to go uni, starting to go out and then explore like London. So the scene that we're part of now, that's when I started to catch up on music that was cultural from before. Wow. Even now, watch me when we're in a rave, I probably won't know all the lyrics to- Oh, I don't know any lyrics. Right? (laughs) Yeah, and so my confidence like at that time was like, I was like, I don't know anything. Oh my God. but like with my mum, so I, I went to university and I studied English and um, my mum has just always been really open. She might be shocked or surprised. And I don't think we ever had a solid career chat, but I've always been busy. I've always been curious. I've always been like, I'm up to this. I probably didn't give a chance for anyone to question mm-hmm. what my career was saying. Mm-hmm. And so 
I was just really adamant. Like in university, I had a, my first internship was at Vogue House at GQ. Oh, wow. And then at Uniqlo, because yeah. I used to have a part-time job and I worked my way. I was like, I, I remember I worked two days on the shop floor and one day in Uniqlo marketing. Oh, wow. And it was a really cool insight yeah. into East Asian culture yeah. because I, at school, it was mainly black and white. Yeah. And the anyone that was non-black was South Asian. One person was from Tibet. But mm-hmm. that was it mm-hmm. um, in my school anyway. Yeah. And, um, do you kind of feel that still now? What do you mean? Because I am still kind of looking for that sense of like community because I don't mm. really see that many East Asian. Like I'll go to a mm-hmm. club and I'm like, me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not a sense where I'm like, oh my God, like that makes me sad. It's just like, you where are my it. people? Like I was talking to someone the other day and I would love, like my goal is to DJ two Koreans. Yeah. Like a room just full of people that wow. look like me uh-huh. and connect on that level because I've never had, I've never had that in my life mm. as a DJ. Mm-hmm. I've never DJ to a room that cultural connection isn't even like, oh, we can enjoy the same music, mm-hmm. of course. And that's the part of DJing I love. But I'll never, I've never connected on that level. And I'm like, that is so sad. Yeah. But that's something I'm actively like seeking now. I hear you. But I think, no, I hear you completely. I think um, I, <laughs> what I relate because up until now, mm-hmm. that's also how I felt. Yeah. So growing up, like my influences were from my, from my, uh, stepdad Martin was like the Beatles, like the Jam, yeah. Elton John, yeah. Queen, like that's him. And then on the flip side in school, it was like gigs. It was, <laughs> and like, w- well, I remember like we'd be in the playground and everyone's going bar for bar and <laughs> like stuff like that. And so it was like grime, hip hop, bashman, Afro beats later. Mm-hmm. Before that, it was definitely more um caribbean music yeah so yeah i i didn't actively seek anything asian and any of my asian references or south asian references would have been through bollywood films Mm -hmm. but by that age in in school i didn't have anyone to talk about that with so i was like well i'm not going to be talking about that at all and to be asian was also like because you're like i stand out and then if i'm talking about asian shit i'm just stand out even more (laughs) and also like south asian people have up until now have have in mainstream media, have not had like good stereotypes. Mm. I mean, are they good stereotypes? I don't know. I don't think but any stereotype is it's good. Yeah, good. but there was never like good like representation. Exactly. Maybe sorry, not stereotypes, representation. And so I would definitely like dull down or dim my exactly. South Asianness, and I could get away with it. And that's then now I'm understanding that's my privilege mm. in terms of thinking about skin tone or mm. even like facial features, um, or English accent yeah. or whatever. Well, the closer you are to white. British yeah. if you're in the UK then yeah and it's... for me it was closer to being racially ambiguous right that was like the the card mm. because I remember I'd start I'd start to go traveling from quite a young age and I'd go to America and I realized that wherever I I was regionally whatever I was closest to visually is what people would associate right. me with so in america it was like south american or like latina or Geolog- de- uh, geographically, geographically speaking yeah, because they're like trying to place yeah. like what does this person look yeah. like <laughs> um so i've had like every race really like to be honest um 
but does it offend you um it, no the curiosity or mistaking me for another race does not offend me because i can't be offended by another race yeah um but i have had comments like um oh i thought you were indian but i didn't want to say earlier in case i offended you and so i was like why would it be offensive yeah, if you thought with, I w what's wrong yeah, with being Indian? Yeah. So like off the bat, there was, there's, I it's always- like almost, there's like a hierarchy of races. So oh like yeah. If you're not, and then you're- Yeah, there was definitely, maybe like, definitely when I was growing up, there was definitely a hierarchy and it would be light-skinned mixed race people at the top. And a lot of that was due to the media that we were seeing, which was very US facing. Mm and that you know that was then later wrapped up we've, we as we've been picking it apart it was wrapped up in like hair texture and skin skin tone and all of that stuff um but that's still the case now yeah it is it is the case but luckily we also have agency in terms of creating our own content and mm. wanting to see the people that we want to see and we're seeing more people that look different in public spaces yeah yeah so i hear you when you're saying like I want to play to people that look like me. Yeah. One of my most favorite memories was at the end of 2019, it was like my first like proper like DJ set in a foreign country. And I landed in Delhi Wow. and I was shitting myself because I was yeah. like, there's a DJ called Shama Anwar. Do yeah. you know her? No, I don't. She's from London, sick. She's, um, I think she's Bengali and from London. And she moved over to Delhi to work with Box Out FM. Yeah. Who are, um, they're sick. Like their programming is not. Well, I think I remember you playing, <coughs> I remember you posting about this, I think. I probably did. Like I was just <laughs> raving about it. Mm. And so I was like traveling on this like spiritual journey. Like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to an ashram. I'm gonna like see whatever, whatever, whatever. And then I realized Shama was in Delhi. So I messaged Shama and I was like, I'm coming and just wanna like link up, Amazing. blah, 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 blah. She was like, if you move your flight a day forward, I'll book you at our resident, our resident night. Wow. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, this is mad. Yeah. I haven't, I've barely played in yeah. London. And I'm like, I've, my first booking international. is international yeah. and it's in India. Yeah. I was like, what, what do I expect? Because I did, I had no idea. I had, I, that was really at the beginning of my explorations with it, within the South Asian community and music. Yeah. And I knew there was a connection because I was, well, I was once with my controllers on my bed and I was playing like Burner Boy. <laughs> and then I mixed Burner Boy into some Bhangra. Oh my God. And I kid you not, like I was like, I was like tears because it was the first time that I felt like I could, I kept on imagining playing at Ace Hotel. Oh my God, don't. I can't. And, oh. and I was like, okay, who do I, who do I go out for a night out with? And we're talking about like, just in general, like the no signals, the mm. recesses, the living proofs. Yeah, the um, night dreams. <laughs> yeah, <event>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, like Rilla and yeah. like all of these nights that we go out, I didn't know how I could bring in my South Asian-ness into a set to my existing group of friends. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly I had this like connector and it just fit. Like when I tell you the genres fit, it was like they were meant to like be there together. Yeah. And that made me feel, helped me feel really validated mm -hmm. in thinking I'm not just the one person in the room. I can fit in like a yeah. different way. 
Um, so I hear you when you're saying like, I want to play to my people. And also you notice that you're the only person in the room. Always. Yeah. I would say that in terms of the South Asian scene, it's popped off in the past like six to nine months. So it's honestly a new journey for me to look around and see South Asian people. Yeah. And it's I'm still in awe of it. And it's kind of like, Maybe it's good that we've been in isolation because I'm not sure like what the, how I'd be like if I was like, yeah. oh my God, now I'm suddenly around loads of South Asian people. I'd probably burst into tears. Oh, I'm so <laughs> jealous. It's coming though, yeah. it's coming. And it, and it, I think it depends on where you're at, like mm. which city you're in, what time you're in and where we're going. Because I think that the East Asian community is there, maybe not as visible, but it's getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I ha well, now that I'm actively looking for it, I'm just like, I have to find it. What do they say? Your vibe attracts your tribe. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's it. And you're Podcast done. Out. There we go. <laughs> That's it. That's all I needed. Um, but so going back to when you were saying growing up, there wasn't that much representation. Mm. And the only kinds of representations that you can think of are stereotypes, which is a mm -hmm. really big statement if you think about it. And mm. I think it's quite not interchangeable but it's quite parallel to east asian as well like the first representation that comes to mind in like films and stuff like that is like like lucy Liu. do you know what i mean mm -hmm, and i used mm -hmm. to get that a lot where they're like you're like lucy Liu." i'm like i look nothing like her oh my god i was told i look like shield pachetti so oh much after big brother and i was just like just, just <laughs> where do we go from here just yeah but cool you've just named another woman yeah of, yeah anyway so it still happens though yeah the other day someone came up to me and was like oh i know you're just winder i met you the other day and i was just like in my head i was like i don't know whether to i don't <laughs> know how to save that? you the embarrassment because i'm fine again i'm not offended yeah i get it <laughs> Like, what do you do in that position because like, i, was I like, just, have go-to things that i say yeah i just said i was just like i was like oh babe i was like it's really nice to meet you it's like meeting you now um, but it wasn't me i think you've got me mistaken for someone else and she yeah. was like oh i'm so sorry i was like it's cool it's cool the embarrassment like the embarrassment yeah, I, just, I, that's, I was thinking more of her than yeah. me because i've also like mistaken people for another person yeah but yeah <laughs> And I think it's different with who's who's delivering it as well yeah. and how they're delivering it. Yeah, it's the context. It really is the context. And it's like, are they are they drunk or whatever as well? Yeah, like there's just so many things. But also in this like 10 seconds, how much labor is that within that exchange for you to like consider, to analyze the situation and then to figure out what you're going to say to someone. It's a lot of labor all the time, mm -hmm. constantly trying to like navigate being a woman and a woman of yeah. color at the same time. That's what I was going to say also, being in music and DJing as well. Yeah. It's just, I feel like it's quite layered in the sense where if I'm going to a club, I feel the woman part first mm. and then the race thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think due to the fact that I think in club situations, women are just more objectified. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but going back to the not seeing representation mm. and now being given, you know, the platform of BBC Asian Network mm. and then you are the representation. Oh my God. <laughs> so how does that feel? <laughs> <laughs> Mate. Um congratulations by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Like it's mad. I just First of all, like I'm really fuck. Can I swear? Yeah. Okay, I'm really fucking enjoying the residency, yeah. um, and I my interaction with radio has been a, like quite a like a journey, and it started off 
doing bits and bobs of radio like here and there like at university or like community stuff and then I did some work experience at One Extra mm -hmm. and I was so happy doing that because my musical influences were black music mm -hmm. and then I remember looking at like the DJs and trying to find not only a South Asian woman but like or maybe a queer person, maybe someone with like blue hair. Yeah. Like just trying to find someone that I could connect with and I literally could not. When was this? This would have been like 10, about 10 years ago. Maybe a little bit later, maybe yeah. like eight years ago. So there has been progress, but. Yeah, but I, you know what I do remember is standing in, there's like a bit in between, I think one extra an Asian network. I think they share the same space. Mm -hmm. And I remember standing standing <laughs> and feeling this like tall figure like next to me i mean like who is this and she had the same skin tone as me and it was jamila jamil oh wow and i was just like oh my god there's a south asian woman in mm -hmm. the space this is massive but actually my first interaction was i the tim westwood mm -hmm. used to have a feature this is how this shows how <laughs> how long ago this was when he had his um drive time like slot he had this feature called college dropout where you yeah. could go with your uni friends and i don't know just chat shit for yeah. like and have fun and it was wicked um but the producer on the show was a south asian man okay called daz yeah and I just could not stop looking at him like the whole time. And I was just like, Daz, like, how did you get into the Here. studio? I've never seen a South Asian person in yeah. this space. And I, I just remember, it was just like a, like, you know, if you just had like a light bulb go off mm -hmm. because that representation, and I was like, I can do this. Yeah, I can be exactly. in this space, I can is. be there. And he said, I started off at the Roundhouse and I had a radio show there. And then I had, now I'm working at the BBC. And so literally the next day I signed up to all the courses at the Roundhouse house and that's how i met my now wow. manager nikki because she wow. was the station manager at the roundhouse and so daz is now still working in music he now works at apple and oh. i always have like one eye and i, I say to yeah. him I'm like you're the reason why like i'm in music because i saw you and i asked you those questions you gave me your like at your least journey. it was your journey yeah. so i was able to like map out like an entry point and start yeah. all the way back so i could oh start God, up again <laughs> yeah it was it's big like Think it's really daz? big i know wow. and you know what what's interesting you know we were saying about representation on the roster it was someone off roster because i couldn't find the person on the website mm. but when i walked into the space i saw one person and that one person just switched it up for me wow and now i'm on asian network Yay! and yeah and it i never did you message daz oh my god yes <laughs> yeah I, I think he i think he gets an annual message from me just being like just just giving thanks yeah. just how you doing oh, how's it going you still being inspirational yeah. <laughs> changing other people's lives yeah exactly <laughs> um and so okay so in a nutshell like i couldn't see the representation and I made a conscious decision. It was more to do with being queer, not with music. But I was like, I can't find any other like 30 plus women that I could look to. And at the time I was about mm -hmm. 20. I was like, so I'm just gonna have to be it myself. Yeah. And so then I started actively to put myself out there. Yeah. My mum was like, we accept you for who you are. Why do you need to like have a megaphone? Yeah. Or like at the time it my, was like rainbow lipstick. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually my coming out picture. Oh. Um, hilarious. But she was like, why do you need to? Like, why do you need to be out there? And I was like, well, because no one else, like I didn't have that, which means no one else has that. And also I'm trying to find community. Yeah. 
and the minute you start to signal people start to find you yeah. and that's what happens Gosh, shivers again my god yeah they were just cold <laughs> no. no but that's yeah that's super inspiring yeah and now i literally look to my right and left on asian network and i see like manara and i see dj kai yes, and i see poppy j and i see like harps core and i'm like oh i'm just surrounded by all of these south asian women I'm not sure if I would have had space on Asian Network a few years ago, but things have really switched up. Yeah. And I also sit on those fringes. I've always have been multicultural, multi-layered, moving between lots of different spaces and culture. And it feels really nice to be, um, to have a home yeah. that I can then like put out yeah. and explore, but I've got like a grounding space. Yeah. Yeah, it's wicked. The mother, the mother land of radio called you home yeah like in being in an asian yeah. space and also like on my show i have to play asian music yeah which means i have to be curious mm -hmm. the, the music the history of the arts in india is just age old so mm -hmm. we've been doing this and that's actually something that i want to highlight as well is especially coming from asian whether it's east asian or south asian our people and our empires go way back very we've old all, right <laughs> so and we've old. always been really creative always think about think about your culture and what you wear yeah. just like standard tra traditional dress yeah or the way that you prepare your food or the musical instruments we've always been really creative but somewhere along the line there's the stereotypes that have been created to make us feel like in the west mm -hmm. we sit into so from South Asian side, we sit into like doctors, lawyers, accountants. Yeah. And we're not creative. But actually, our countries and our heritage is full of creativity. Yeah. We have to make sure that we tap into that and we are grounded by it. And that's when I've felt like I have the voice to be like, well, actually, it's not that radical being me being creative. Yeah. That's why my mum is like, well, of course. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so... Yeah, I'd say like people have been quite chill with yeah. me being creative. <laughs> <laughs> um, you do a podcast as well. I do. What is this behavior? Mm -hmm. um, with two brothers. Yeah. Aaron and Ruben. Uh -huh. So how did you meet them? And tell me a little bit about your podcast. So the great thing about the podcast is that we have known I each other. I love podcasts, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too yeah it's, a, it's great for chatty people yeah just um me shit. yeah sign me up yeah, exactly <laughs> um but i've actually known aaron and ruben since before i entered the creative scene so i've known them for about 10 years mm -hmm. i was at university and um i was working in uniqlo and this guy came up to me and he was like I want to take your picture and i think at the time i had like you know like shaved head yeah anyway i went to this <laughs> night in shoreditch and it was the first thing i ever went to in shoreditch yeah. it was going towards old street and i walked in and mr hudson's in the in the party yeah i was like where am i <laughs> and i met aaron and reuben and aaron and reuben co-founded a platform called individualism okay and it, the, the platform celebrated um menswear and men's style right and so a few months later, I joined the team and it was me and there was a couple of other women on the team as well, but mainly it was menswear, so it was mm -hmm. mainly men's style. Mm -hmm. But that really was my entry point into the creative life. Yeah. And to be quite honest, I never recognized Aaron Rubin as South Asian. 
really yeah i think we were all very similar in and by that i mean growing up in the ends growing up mainly around the black community and being embraced by the black right. community and being cool with who we were as people of color mm -hmm. but not necessarily shouting about the south asianness but quite interestingly enough because we were in a poc environment I didn't feel like I needed to because there was just crossovers anyway. Yeah. Like where someone has stew, we have courage. Yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So yeah, so much later <laughs> on, I was like, wait, you're actually South Asian and I'm South Asian. That's mad. That's and mad. that was like, over the years, like literally five years later, I'm like, wait, oh, Ruben, wow. like, where are you actually from? And he's like, oh, I'm Malaysian Indian. I'm like, what wow. is that? Yeah. Ruben and I have always been collaborating like every most things that we've done have not been successful do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we have literally do, we do a lot of things because he'll be like he'll call me up and be like i want to ride to brighton on a pink elephant and i'm like okay how are we doing it let's go and <laughs> yeah. that's the kind of thing that we how do. big <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. um so he called me up and said do you want to start a podcast with me and aaron yeah um what do you think and i was like yeah sure let's do it and so we had all of our meetings and recordings completely in lockdown and completely mm. in isolation and luckily we had platforms like zencaster mm. so we record all of our podcasts on on zencaster and um the Ruben wanted to call it being brown yeah and at the time i was just like no that's dead like we can't do that. that's just dead like i can't have a podcast called being brown <laughs> so then i was like what about, what about what is this behavior yeah which is inspired by the big brother india meme yeah and um <laughs> Ruben and aaron at the time we're like, well, we're not sure. Like we like being brown. And so I think it might've been Aaron that suggested let's do a survey. So we sent it out to all of the people that we knew that were plugged in basically. Yeah. And we didn't say whose was whose or whatever, yeah. but like what is his behavior one? Like it was literally <laughs> like nine votes out of 10. Wow. Um, so we went <laughs> along with that. And then the podcast really has been another great connector to, um, meeting the global south asian community as well but that this lens now is through creative or unorthodox careers mm. so the what is this behavior is like the voice of your parents going well what are you doing like you should be doing xyz and we're saying actually well no we've we've got all of this evidence of this global community that are of south asian people that are like chefs that are working in production that are i don't know models that you know there's we we interviewed a model called Zinia Kumar who is also I believe an an ecologist as well as a model, wow. and you just get to What's meet like something to do with the world with the plants. I don't oh. know, but like so, do you know, yeah, like I also Zinia. I'm really sorry if I've like missed something. Uh, eco. She's, she's a scientist. She's basically okay, a scientist yeah. and a model, and I find that wow. like mad. Yeah. Or we met um, Mo Kazelbash, who is the head PR of head of live concert pr at live nation do you know what and he's one of our guests i was an intern at sony when he was an intern at sony is it yeah see what i mean yeah look at this the greats everyone like, now exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like meeting people like that and connecting is just to me it's like really opened up my radar to be like we've always been here yeah but maybe we also are looking through this really narrow lens because we are taught that we're, there's not enough of us yeah um yeah, there's another DJ called Martin Too Smooth and <laughs> and he's like plays with like Eve and like wow. Rihanna and like people like that. But he's also South Asian. And I just I wouldn't have even have had him on my radar had it not been for the podcast. Yeah. 
So it's been that doing that pro that project has been really grounding and affirming and has also just opened up this world. How long has the podcast been going on for? We actually reached a year like a couple wow. of weeks ago. Yeah. So what kind of like surged you guys to do that? To, to start the to podcast. Start it, yeah. Um, we didn't always have the idea of guests. I think the idea of guests start, started to come on later, but we had a lot of rage. We have a lot of rage. Yeah. And we were like, we need somewhere to like talk about this because obviously now we realize that we're South Asian. Mm. So we were like- <laughs> Now that I know where you're yeah, from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, let's like connect. And, yeah. we, and we also, because we all work in the creative industry, we always were talking about our experiences anyway. But we just didn't have the lens of race on it. Yeah. And then we added that in and we were like, wow, like I've actually got community here. Let yeah. me you let me utilize this. Let yeah. me lean on my community. And that's where it began. And we hit record pretty much from the beginning. So the first episode is us not knowing what the name of the podcast is. Yeah. And um, yeah, it really started. Ruben will call it rage. He's like, I've got pure rage. And he's 40, so he's had 10 years prior of, of yeah, of, of also, he's seen that change. Whereas I'm on Asian Network, I don't know if he would have been able to have been on Asian Network. Right. I think there's, there's a shift happening yeah. in how, in what we're okay to say and how we feel more empowered to talk about our processes because actually like the soft soft power or soft approach to things being mindful of health and all that kind of stuff is really anti-capitalist mm -hmm. and anti-capitalist anti and capitalism is so linked to patriarchy mm -hmm. and so linked to whiteness and as we're like mixing and we're also mixing at a stage where we are experts in our fields we're able to sort of permeate and like not and also i say whiteness but and i hate to be that person but it's not every white person yeah but in terms of whiteness as a as a system yeah as or as a tool it's psychologically sometimes i find it really hard also to walk into a place because i'm thinking well when i walk in looking like this what assumptions is someone making of me and how is that going to affect the way the conversation is being steered do i actually have power in this conversation mm -hmm. or not um what my learnings are though is to be able to really work hard at shedding that weight so what i mean by that is like <laughs> past trauma doesn't equal like future success and so every time I'm walking back into the BBC building or into an institution, I'm thinking, right, what is my opportunity right now? Who am I right now? How have I grown? Also, let me give this person a chance to connect with me first and let me have agency and power in who I am. Um, but that requires like constant work because we've all been scarred or impacted by decisions that probably weren't even personal. Yeah. But still affect us on an individual level because they're systemic mm -hmm. i'm trying to teach myself to be able to like forgive people for certain situations because mm -hmm. i'm like it's not you it's white supremacy yeah. and of course like that's not an excuse for any behavior but mm. it's giving me a space of understanding of where i can be like okay there's things i even have to work on so like of course the oppressor or whoever they're gonna have difficulty as well if they've mm. not faced discrimination mm. in that way but that's how i'm trying to move forward and mm. like when you said you know past traumas don't equal future success i think that's what i'm trying to get at I just as well made that off of the oh did you, you know? yeah like, i've days, never said that one before <laughs> 
that's what my podcast is gonna be called now but yeah no so i'm just trying to understand that like me holding on to grudges or like being angry and being like Mm. like i was oppressed and i don't have these it's like okay well i'm here now and i'm doing x y and z to like move forward and like what can i do to help that understanding for people not that it's our job or anything like that but just to give myself a little bit for your own growth yeah so that i'm not triggered by every single thing of my entire life so i hear you i i think i agree i think it's really important to sit with those feelings and to feel them out and to feel them right because i think sometimes we're expected to just continue with the day when something weird has happened and we saw it like even through blm yeah it was like back to business yeah and when actually a majority of of people of color anyway uh, are really impacted yeah and every day and it's every day exactly because so the tiredness we're feeling is not the tiredness of that that particular thing yeah yeah and going back to my radio show if we're talking about representation and being in the room music and exploring music has given me agency to be comfortable to walk in the room yeah because even now i walk into a studio and it's majority guys yeah and honestly they won't even bat an eyelid <laughs> like they'll just i'm not there yeah and then i'll start speaking to someone and i'll speak I'll start speaking to someone and they're like oh you've got a show and then their ears perk up right and they're like oh like what's your oh, show your talent <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah talent oh my god get the talent over here now <laughs> when i was first referred to as talent i was just like wow the tables have really turned because i was the I'm producer like, before. finally yeah. i'm in my, I'm in my i've arrived <laughs> but you know like having ownership over my own show because people are like oh what's the show called and i was like oh it's just almas Badat. like yeah. it's my name it's really nice to be able to walk into a space own those two hours and then now it's not that i think my own worth has increased in my mind i have something to offer beyond being a woman Mm -hmm. in the space there's nothing wrong with being a woman but women are not always treated with kindness just being women Mm -hmm. then you add on the layer of being a woman of color Mm -hmm. and then depending on the way that i'm dressed if i'm femme femme presenting then people are even more surprised that i can dj yeah whereas if i dress more like in a tracky people are like yeah well cool that she can do it yeah. yeah um but having agency over a sound over my sound has allowed me to connect with people on an eye to eye level because i have something that's mine and like i can i can i can only thank the people at agent network for taking the leap and saying cool we're going to put almas on our residency and now being able to work we now have a south asian head of station which is the first time that's ever happened yeah and now be even through the palestine conversations for example being able to talk to my station manager who is also a muslim person Mm -hmm. was massive for me because i'm not sure if i would have been able to articulate the the tenderness around those topics yeah um and it's you know we're we're only a station within a big company um so there's lots of behind the scenes protocol that we um you know that we have to consider but being able to i love the fact that i'm on a residency because i can play what i want i don't mm. have a track list in it's wicked yeah yeah it's nice power yeah it's nice power it's creative power i'm super excited to see what else you have coming up is there anything that you can talk about or oh, <laughs> like, or, or not <laughs> yeah there's some things i can't talk about but at the moment because outside is opening up 
my manager and I, Nikki and I, are working on playing out. But let me think about this. <laughs> what I'm going to be working on is a vibe called Next, mm-hmm. which has started off on my radio show and is the feature where I platform producers that you should have your ears on, primarily from South Asian descent, but not exclusive. And I'm going to be working within that space a lot more um, with producers, with vocalists. Um, I've started producing myself, which is so fun. Um, More so to understand the craft. Yeah. Um, But I'm going to be working on... Yeah, I'm going to be working on some things with a vibe called Next. Amazing. And continuing to really shape what the South Asian scene is saying. Yeah. Or be Not shape it single-handedly, <laughs> but add, con- contribute what I'm doing to the scene. Yeah. Um. So that's my immediate aims. Amazing. Yeah. Um. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. It's been a pleasure, honestly. I can't... The time's gone. I know. It's really quick. Yeah, um, where can you. people find you? Find me at almaspadat.com that is it and if you want to find me on socials everything is my name it's the same across the board so yeah thank you thank you thanks honey bye (laughs) thank you so much for listening and thank you so much to almaspadat this episode was super insightful and really fun i'll be back next week so make sure you subscribe follow and rate the show to keep posted on new episodes and it really helps me out a lot as well you can also get in touch with me at don't call me exotic pod and at oneo on instagram oh and make sure you don't call people exotic bye